We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. Three-score game. You got to, I would take the points. We'll see what happens. Haskins throws it to the nine-yard line. That's just not going to work. And they come away with no points when they still need three scores. That was an interesting play uh, there in the fourth quarter, that fourth and goal going for it from the 13-yard line. Uh, but what followed after the game, the explanation was even more interesting. Uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to a lot of things. It's a Cooley and Kevin Monday here on the podcast following a 31-17 to loss to the Baltimore Ravens to fall to 1-3 and three and out of first place, Cooley, because the Eagles <laughs> last night beat the 49ers 25-20. to 20, And they, with their first win of the year in Week 4, are in sole possession of first place in the NFC East. How are you? I'm great. What, we're gonna get... what, what, what did we watch yesterday? What did we watch? Which, I, which we, game? we all expected to watch what we watched. It's just some of the some of it's hard to watch. Vegas got it right. 14 is where the game went off. Actually went off at 14 and a half in some spots right before kickoff. What was the final score I gave you on Friday? 40. I don't know what you gave me on Friday uh, because I took so many final scores because I had to I'll do. I'll go get it in a minute. Yeah, I... I gave out twenty-seven to seventeen. I know that. I gave out twenty-seven to seventeen, which was pretty damn close. But it also implied um, in the final score a Washington cover. Now, if you bet Washington, you actually may have covered plus fourteen and a half, but you probably pushed um, unless you played the game uh, late in the week. Um, Vegas got it right. I, I forget what your score prediction was. I, I mean, it was I, right. I think I had it at fourteen, but it might have been thirty-three nineteen. It might have been thirty-three seventeen, something around there. Okay. Well, I was within two points. Actually, I think you said thirty to seventeen. Now that I think about it, because I remember that we were really close on our final score prediction. Somebody, I can go back and listen to it and and figure it out. I wrote it down. Easily. I have it. Okay. I wrote it down. Whatever. Um. Uh, it was a winning uh, weekend for the smell test, actually. It was not a lock of the week winner, which I warned you about. Um, you did you did give out the Rams, right, minus the 13 and a half? Yeah, lock of the week loser. I'm in – actually, right now, my, my locks of the week are tied for first place in the NFC East. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, I was 7 and 5 on the smell test. I'm going to tell you real quickly, though, Cooley, a smell test pick that I did not give out, but I played last night. 
the Eagles game was really wild in watching the point spread because you had, you know, you, you had some issues as to who was going to be available and who wasn't in this game. To make a long story short, the line went all the way up to nine, nine and a half in the one o'clock window of games yesterday. And then it started to slowly come down. And then by um, about seven o'clock, it was eight and a half. And then five minutes before kickoff, it went to seven and a half. There was massive sharp money on Philadelphia late. I was communicating with someone I know very uh, well uh, who lives, let's just say, in a warm tropical locale in the uh, Caribbean. And I said, what's going on with this game? And he just said, major late move, sharp move on the Eagles. So I placed, listen to the wagers that I placed. I placed a wager in Philadelphia plus the seven and a half which, by the way, was a bad number at that point, but uh, I went with the, the late sharp steam. I placed a wager on Philadelphia on the money line to win the game. And then, because I was so confident in this late action, and by the way, I kept thinking, Philadelphia's defense is good, and it's Mullins. And I know you like Mullins, but you like you like, I like Bethard more. I know you do. I know you like Bethard more. Um, I, I, I also went... Uh, stick with me here, everybody, so you understand this. I went with a first-half bet on the Eagles plus four-and-a-half and a, a first-half money line bet on the Eagles as well. Now, the, the money line game bet was plus 280, and then the, the point spread bet, bet was plus seven-and-a-half. The first-half money line on the Eagles was plus 215, and the first-half line was plus four-and-a-half. I won all four of those wagers. By the way, to get myself back to even after a, just a horrendous start to the season, not only on the smell test but also personally, um, and I got everything back last night on the first half and the game. And you know how I got it back on the first half. I was going to win Philadelphia plus four and a half to begin with. But Cooley, um, Doug Peterson went for two after their first score. And they got it. And it was eight nothing. And then it was eight to seven. Um, and then I needed um, I needed a fumble late in the half as well, um, but I got I got the first half moneyline Eagles bet on an eight to seven score. Anyway, I was super happy with the result last night, um, even though it meant that our Washington football team fell out of sole possession of first place. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna talk about other NFL games. I really thought Carson Wentz was really really good last night. The numbers will never reflect how tough he was and how many plays he made. By the way, under tremendous scrutiny in Philadelphia. You and I have talked about this many times and I've explained it to you because I don't th- even think you were aware of this for, for you know when you were in your playing career. The Philadelphia media and fan base is as difficult as any in pro sports, they were calling for Carson Wentz to be traded or benched this week. And I thought Wentz was really good with a a real um, limited group uh, of people out there at wide receiver in particular. Um, But they pulled off the win. Anyway, uh, I wanted to share that little gambling story with you because I know you like the gambling stories. I do like the gambling story. And while you shared that story, I got my score. 31-16 I gave you on Friday. That's pretty good. Wow. I I know that 31-17 would be the common score. I just the way Ron coaches, I think I was thinking not two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, but like somehow a botched two-point conversion and then a failed goal and that's pretty close though. 
Yeah, pretty close. All right, let's get, let's get to our game take. Right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, let's get to the game take, uh, Cooley. And what we're going to do, uh, we started this last week, I think, or maybe the week before. You're going to do your uhs and mmms. Um, and then I will do a complete what I liked, what I didn't like with a couple of other observations. We are going to spend some time as well on the reports that came out at the end of the week and then prior to the game yesterday about Dwayne Haskins. I made the case, I think, on Thursday, Cooley, maybe with you on Friday, about how nice it was that the, the, the organization wasn't leaking stuff anymore. And then we had the report from JP on Friday. And then Rappaport had sources. You know, typical shit show that this organization is um, is right back to where uh, it typically is uh, after um, a quarter of the season. Lots going on on the Dwayne Haskins front. We'll have plenty of time for that. But why don't you start with a few of your mmms, if there are any, and your uhs. Go ahead. So I told you last week that I would organize these because I was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I have two what do you got before we get to them, both involving the same thing. Uh, I sat yesterday with my computer while I watched the game and I typed up a play-by-play. <laughs> like, you know how you can get the game book on NFL.com or any stats. I type my own game book with descriptions of every play. Okay. That's a weird thing to do, man. It just, it is, just, it's a weird thing for someone to do. No, it isn't. It's sort of, it's been part of your job to a certain degree. I Mine can't too. just sit there and watch the game. I have to do something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, I, let's get started. So I have a lot of those. Secondly, um, this is another quick thought, and it came from last night's game. I keep saying that we need to get the ball down the field and it implies over and over and over in this Ravens game. You got to find a way to get the ball down the field. And I just, I don't want to hear about it. When you talk about our receivers or who we have on offense, fucking Travis Fulgram, who just got picked up on waivers from green Bay gets deep against the 49ers. He did go ball for a touchdown that went strapped a dime. Okay. Fulgram Fulgram. Yeah, we we're okay. 
or we just can't find receivers, one or the other. But I, people can get downfield, Kev. You find ways to get the ball downfield. You have receivers that can run, get the ball downfield, period. All right. I mean, I think when I get to my game take, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, Fulgram, deep on the 49ers, one of the best pass defenses. Understood. That was the one deep ball they got the entire game. Everything All else right. was a lot of screens and a lot of get rid of it last night in that game. I came up with, the, I think, 11 is, 12 is. Oh, boy. Starting at the bottom. <laughs> I thought James Lofton was horrible. Who? James Lofton. Oh, calling the game? Yeah. Who was he calling the game with? Catalan, that guy? It was, I can't remember who he called. It was, it was certainly their D crew. I'll, I'll go through a couple examples. Okay. You know, first of all, there's a third and 12 that Lamar Jackson runs a quarterback draw on earlier. And the announcers have no idea that it's quarterback draw. They're trying to credit Washington's pressure. Gus Edwards, or whoever the back was, is straight lead blocking. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Exactly. It's a total quarterback draw. It's a total quarterback draw. Yeah. There's a third and six for Washington, uh, again, early in the game. I quit writing these down because it was just driving me nuts, and I knew this was going to be nitpicky. You can hear definitively Haskins say Lester, Lester, which means he's calling out the line slides. They're in an empty set, okay? Baltimore's bringing more than you can block, and – the, I think it's Judah comes unblocked off Dwayne Haskins' right side, and he gets a sack. Judah, yeah. Third and six. Quarterback's making the calls here. So Lofton says, you know, that offensive line's going to have to get over to the sideline and figure out how they're going to communicate. Tech quarterback. How about the quarterback called the line slide at the line of scrimmage? You heard it. You could hear it. Lester, you could hear the line slide. <laughs> we got we got some even Bodie agrees enough. even Bodie agrees with that yeah Bodie agrees with that here's another one uh little play that I thought he hit Gibson on a shallow crosser play ends this is one of my favorites this I love this one Bodie quiet <laughs> <laughs> little little play that he hits Gibson Lofton pulls out the old yeah the, 269x sneak. That's that's what that play was. That's exactly what that play was. That's the only West Coast play I remembered from being in a West Coast offense. West Coast doesn't use numbers. That's Coriel. <laughs> West Coast is all verbiage. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just like, I threw out the game consistently. Oh, I love this. I love They're calling out the fake punt. Like, you got to watch. We got to make sure in this area of the field that, that Baltimore they doesn't did. give. They and called that anybody, out. They, he called that before it happened. What are you going to you know say? Why they can, I'm going to explain this a million times. You know why they call it? Because they sit there and watch practice on Friday. Right. I understand. And they're like, oh, punter just threw a ball. Note that down that around the 40, the punter threw the ball. All right. Um, 11. Yeah. <laughs> they're down after Terry gets it down to the goal line on a good throw. It took him over a minute to score from the goal line. I know. Good point. <clears throat> Excellent point. Over a minute to score from the goal line. The game's not over, and it takes him over a minute to score from the goal line. And then, as another side from that, they're all high-fiving and laughing and patting Dwayne on the back on the sideline. 
I a, call, a caller pointed that out to me. Seventeen. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a huge. They weren't going nuts doing celebrations, but it it wasn't dismay. Wasn't doing selfies. It's just a not just. I'm not saying it was Dwayne. I, I'm putting it more on everyone on the bench. Okay. Number ten on the eh list, going from twelve to one. It was right after the McKissick fumble. It's the next play. It's an incredible throw by Jackson to Hollywood Brown. Jackson's running right, throwing across his body. Gets down to the two-yard line, the one-yard line. They ruled it a touchdown. I was hyped because I got some fantasy points there. But seriously, the transition defense on the next play. Number nine on the yuck list. (laughs) We're counting it down. Landon Collins gets stiff-armed by Lamar Jackson on the longest run of Lamar Jackson's career. Look, I'm not going to discount that Lamar Jackson is hard to tackle, Kevin. I'm just not. But this is Landon Collins, the guy we paid $70 million to tackle. You cannot keep missing tackles. You're missing three, four, five a game, and you're getting stiff-armed by a quarterback. You didn't get juked. If he got a big-time juke or a spin move, whatever. That's Lamar Jackson. You got stiff-armed by quarterback. That's going to be a hard film to watch right there. Yeah. Number eight, just the inability to start fast as a team. Punt, fumble, punt, first three possessions, and it got worse. Got to be able to start ball games by scoring points. You have to. Yeah, Number I eight. They're number seven on the eh list. Fourth and nine, the fake punt. Uh, we kind of talked about it. They're calling it out. That doesn't mean the announcers are smarter. They just, they've seen practice. But who in the holy hell is Fabian covering? Well, he, it wasn't like he was completely fooled by it, was he? No, but they're in safe punt, and Sam Cook is not throwing a dart out there. Well, he threw a pretty good ball. I'm not discounting that it was a pretty good ball, but where's a Fabian Moreau that jumped a pick against Carson Wentz four weeks ago? He's not playing any defensive snaps anymore. Yeah, he's just out there not covering fake punts. I mean, you know Baltimore's a fake punt team. You have to know that Sam Cook can throw the ball. They're in safe punt. You don't care about a return. They're punting from midfield. The chances are that ball's going to land or be fair caught somewhere inside the 20. You know, he threw that ball before the receiver came out of the break. It's such a good throw. It was good. (laughs) Oh, man. That hurt him. Yeah. Number six. Yeah. McKissick fumble. It's a check down on second and 11. He's fighting for extra yards. It's a big play by Humphreys. And if you were watching later in the game, Humphreys almost caused another fumble, I think, on right on the 17 play drive. Humphreys is a pretty good punch out cornerback. Oh, he's good. A lot of times when it's receivers, I understand you get it punched out. I don't agree or I don't like it, but running backs usually practice ball security. Ugh. That hurt him bad. Really bad. Number five, Ugh. the complete understanding by Scott Turner that we cannot get the ball down the field. Remember last year when we played the Miami Dolphins in Miami? Yeah. Out came Josh Rosen. And they threw about 100 screen passes in the first half. Yeah. 
because they could not get the ball down the field because Josh Rosen could not see down the field. And then they benched him for Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick came in and almost won the game. That's what our offense looked like yesterday. A lot of it. There was at least 10 slip screens. Oh yeah. They worked. Yeah. Got to credit Scott Turner. I'm not, I'm not discounting. This is not a slight on Scott Turner. This is more of a, he knows we have to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is that's going to be my number one what I liked because I think he schemed up a way for them to move the football. But your <laughs> uh, your uh is, oh, he knows we can't throw the football down the field. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. He, he did. He schemed up a way to move the ball. I mean, he, he certainly did that. Yeah. Dwayne's inconsistency to pressure. Mm-hmm. He never knew where they were coming from. Uh, we talked about that first line call he makes. You make a full line slide left and you got six guys coming. You have to throw hot. You have five protecting and empty. Six are coming. You can't eat that sack. You knew you turned him free. Yeah. The 18 yard sack in the, in the long 17 play drive. You can't take that sack. Like he, he even started to run right. And if he just continues right out of the pocket, he's going to escape the pocket. Yeah. And he starts two steps, right. And then he pivots back left. And it looks like he's carrying like 20 pound ankle break, ankle weights around his, around his feet. Yeah. He looked like lead foot there. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't move. He didn't move well in the pocket. Now we'll, we'll describe in the film breakdown and throughout today that there were some throws and there were a couple things that he did where he stepped up in the pocket, but he was devastated by pressure. It ended the play for him. Couldn't move and he couldn't slide and he panicked a little bit and he took a couple bad sacks. He took a 12 yard sack. He took an 18 yard sack. He did not throw the ball well under pressure. Got an 18-yard sack is about as much, without fumbling the ball or a bad snap that sails over your head, it's hard to take an 18-yard sack. It's really, well, it is until you realize that you're going to try to get out of the pocket on the right side and then just don't want to run right. Yeah. This is becoming more and more evident to me. When he breaks out on the right side and takes off, we'll start having the discussion that he can go both ways. I would practice that this week. I would seriously practice that this week. That, it might, is that might be very a long list of the is he needs to practice. To flush right or be able to flush right. I mean, and even when flushing right, it's awkward. Like You know it's awkward when the announcers are pointing out that it's awkward. There was a fourth and two that he rolled right. And the announcer's like, that's a weird, awkward, long windup. You just want that ball to zip out. I mean, you complete it. That roll right is just an awkward jump, strange release. He's not comfortable throwing moving to his right. No, that's why he doesn't run right. But he did complete that one. It was complete. You know, you were right. Number two, eh. the Ron Rivera game management. Oh, boy. After going for it on a fourth and 13, which was fascinating, like – it's a situation where you can make it a two-score game, but you choose to go for it. I, I mean, maybe just understanding that Baltimore is going to score a touchdown on the next possession or score a field goal on the next possession. I'm not sure. It's 28 to 
10. What was it right there? 28 to 10. You, you needed points. You, fourth and 13, you're probably not going to get. You then choose to punt on the next drive in a fourth and 10 situation at midfield. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That's such a good pickup. It wasn't even fourth and 10. It was like fourth and six. So we're grab bagging at when we do or do not want to go for it. Uh, I, that is such a great pickup. I'm uh, like that's one of those I'm actually really upset that I didn't pick up on that. But, but I think at that point I had pretty much checked out of really <laughs> paying attention because there were like five minutes left. I'm going to guess somewhere around five minutes left. But it was like fourth and six. It was fourth and ten. No, it was it was less than that, Cooley. I'm positive. It wasn't much. So uh, they completed on that drive. They completed a slant to McLaurin. It was an incomplete throw to Inman. There was a second and ten screen, and on third and ten, the ball was batted by Clayus Campbell. Fourth and ten, I wrote, not going for it at midfield? Question mark. Uh, I just pulled it up. It's fourth and six at the forty-five. Okay, yard so line. they got four yards on the screen. They got four day. yards on the uh, screen to Inman. So that makes it even worse. We're not going to go for it at midfield. Down. Yeah. But we were going to go for it. He was this really fascinating, are we in R&D mode or are we not in R&D mode? Like, okay, we got a chance, maybe, how do I feel? Is there, what's it? Like, it was like someone was reading him the ESPN win percentages. And they're like, as soon as you get under 10, <laughs> R&D mode. But if you're above 10, you got to call your timeouts. Because uh, he did call his timeouts late. He Well, he did. Yeah, I mean, wasn't concerned about injuries there. Wasn't concerned about R&D there. I think, I, I don't know, Cooley, go ahead. I want you to continue because, as you said, the whole thing is fascinating. And it's curious, and it's also much of the explanation, which we will play for you the explanation on the 4th and 13 when I get to my game take, is nonsensical. Continue. Well, none of, the, none of the decisions were sensical. I, I, I don't know if you've ever watched. I've, I told you to watch the show Brockmire. I know. I watched like that first episode. Yeah. I watched a couple over the weekend. And it was, I had kind of thought of Ron with one of these quotes. Personally, when I stare into the gaping yawn of oblivion, I ball my fists up and take a swing. But you don't. Yeah, I mean, well, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> take a swing, man. Yeah. You went for it on, you did take a swing. And then on fourth and six, you don't. That was strange. Um, at the end of the half, mm-hmm. they get the ball back after a huge Kendall Fuller interception. Yeah. After a first and 10 completion to McKissick, a timeout, a second and 10 screen, which is, I hate that call because it's going to be tough to get a ball out of bounds. They don't call timeout. And then they're hurrying up. They're trying to make a play. They're trying to get to the ball. It's almost a disaster. Almost. They, Jesus. And then then he lets his offense actually hurry up. The ball's going to be snapped with six seconds if Dwayne gets it off. If they don't call a timeout within the one second between seven and six, half over. They're, they're running a play there. And the half's over. The lack of a – okay, first of all, the lack of utilizing hurry up through the first five weeks and not calling timeout and trying to get into games is now putting them in a situation where they haven't run hurry up. And so the play after the McKissick screen is just go spike the ball. Or – take a timeout the second he's tackled inbounds. Of course. Talk of about, course. Okay, we're going to take it. We're going to run another play here. The, yeah. If that plays inbounds, the second that next plays down, we got to spike it. We probably at that point would have a chance for one more shot at the end zone and then kick a field goal. 
total disarray, confusion. It was it was bad. And well, McKissick McKissick had no sense. He, he on on the first play, he, he could easily get out of bounds and stop the clock and not have to burn a timeout easily. Sure. He, and and he did. It was like he took a hit there on the sideline. Yeah, it was almost like the the week against Arizona when they were or Cleveland. I forget now when they were telling him to stay inbounds to let the clock run out. Um, <laughs> they're really confused. This is really this is where like I, I haven't said it this directly, but I'll say it now. This is going to be the ugly gift that keeps on giving a because he wasn't very good at this, but it's been so bad and so ridiculously explained. I think he's just not with it right now, and I—it's I, I, the most important thing is his health. But there, I wonder if there's any consideration to taking a leave of absence right now. He, he needs you know, to be you healthy. You saw they showed him at—I know—going into the third quarter, sitting on the bench, and he—he he looked completely exhausted. But I know he's an inspiration to his team too. So there's that, and I—I don't—I want him to do what's best for him. And his family. At the same time, we got to be here talking about games, and there have been there. There just has been even even this terrible announcing crew of Catalan and Lofton. You know, they understood the 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 ridiculous explanations and clock management gaffes of the last couple of weeks, and and we just had more yesterday. The end of the first half. You know, there's there. By the way, you know, if you're quarterback or I'm quarterback in that situation, we're like, no, 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 we're not going to run another play, coach. We didn't take it at 17 seconds. Let's just let this thing run down to two seconds. We'll call the timeout. Send out old Dustin to kick the field goal. If you ask me to run a play here, we're going to end up with no points. Do it, what's better, Cooley? No points or or points at the end of the half when you're trying to win the game. They, somebody figured it out on the sideline at the very last second because it was very close to the ball being snapped and the timeout being granted. Did Ron call the timeout? Did what? Did Ron actually call the timeout? I have no idea who who actually called the timeout. Somebody from the sideline figured it out. They're like, "Uh, we're not, if we run this play, the clock will run out and we will get no points. And they, they did call the timeout just in time, but it was barely in time. You know, it's barely in time. Assistant athletic trainers drops the Gatorade thing and starts sprinting to the sideline. He's like, "I can't do it. I'm out." <laughs> They're like, "Waterboy, what? What do you? Well, thank you, thank you, Waterboy, for doing that. That that was actually the right move. Um, don't do it again, though." It's really ridiculous. <laughs> I, he might need to take a break, and I'm not suggesting that he take a break. Like, if he wants to be a part of inspiring on the sideline. Then then go inspire on the sideline. Just don't make decisions right now. Or maybe be in the booth. Why not? Where well, you not where you can stay hydrated and be comfortable. And you know the, the the pressure of these games for somebody who's battling what he's uh, look. I, I can't speak to any. Uh, no, this it's, it's ridiculous no, for it, me. To I don't want to say anything either because. But he's but he's clearly not a hundred percent right now. And well, if he is, it's not good. <laughs> no, it isn't. This is true. If he's 100% with it, they're not the right decisions in a lot of these situations. No. The last thing on the eh, eh list, pretty much everything on that 17-play drive. Now, I'm going to say everything after they crossed midfield. They had, a, they had a couple pretty good throws to Terry. But you you don't have nine minutes down 28 to 10 going into the fourth quarter there. It's 31-10 at that point, right? 
I think it was 28-10 at that point, but because they ended up not scoring, and I think Baltimore ran the ball down the field, gashed them late. Yeah, you're right. 28-10, correct. Well, only because I have my No, you're right. That's why they should have taken the field goal in fourth and goal. I'm sorry. Yes, continue. But, I mean, all the way down, you're in the third and two. You're in four-down situation, and they throw an incompletion. He forces the ball to right on a covered shallow cross. Like, I'm sitting there going, you know you're in four-down situation. You can probably run the ball for a first down here. I'm not suggesting that I want to waste more time, but I'm suggesting in that play that I really don't want fourth and two. I mean, I'd almost rather – you got to look to run the ball. But it's like, I literally wrote at the beginning in bold, you pretty much are done with balance on offense here. Dwayne has to take the game, take over the game, throwing the ball down the field. You can't have seven screens and knickknack your way down the field. There's no matriculation here. Okay. <laughs> right. There's, there's none. And it, you get down the field. I mean, the, the drive then, starts in the third quarter, Cooley. I, I'm aware of that, but you're down 18 points. I understand. How many more possessions are you going to get? Right. And the funny thing is they they, they tended to operate better and hurry up. But go ahead. They did tend to operate a little bit better. But, I mean, it's all the way down to Isaiah almost fumbles in the the red zone. Humphreys almost pops it out. They fall start the next play, which puts them in the first first and 15. And then James Lofton suggests that first and 15 is better. It gives you more space to throw the ball into the end zone, (laughs) which I entirely disagree with. He takes the shitty sack, 18-yard loss, can't run right. I mean, second and 33, they get a screen to McKissick that gets him like 11 yards. But then the third and 22, you're throwing a check down. And then you decide to go for it on fourth and forever, fourth and 13. And he throws the ball underneath at the seven-yard line. What? <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? We're going to get into this in more in even yeah, greater I mean, detail because we'll play the we'll play the Rivera sound from the post game, which is really qu- quite remarkable. You are familiar with what he said after the game, right? I didn't listen to what he said. But oh, I just, oh, this, oh, 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 oh! Please, I, I, I please. want to hear what he said because I, I. Oh, this I is going to be I, good. This is going to be good. But I, I mean, it was like let's all get the brown paper bags out and let's even drop big smiley faces on them, just just to understand, or as Brock Meyer would say. To add a, a little whimsy to the proceedings. <laughs> whimsy. I love whimsy. <laughs> he was so – so those are my it's. Was it was, um, was, uh, was Brock Meyer – was that Hank Azaria? No. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the mm, – right. here's, here's what I like from the game. I didn't – I got nine. I tried to get ten. Just, I got nine. Well, nine's it then. Number nine. Man, I called the score on Friday. <laughs> Feel pretty good about that. I'm late in the game. I'm like, I am right on this thing, man. This is all. This is great. Uh, I look. I looked at it yesterday, which is why I didn't remember. I'm like, they missed this field goal. This or this PAT. You go down 31, <laughs> 16. I, I'd be a genius. Yeah. Um, number seven. I only got eight. <laughs> That's what it is. I only okay, got eight. Fine. Terry McLaurin and Dwayne do seem to have a connection. Yeah. They do. Number six. There's only one penalty. Two in the game, but yeah, none in the first half. One real impactful one. The first one, the first penalty was Chase Ruye's false start. That's right. Number five. You know, honestly, the defense didn't do a bad job stopping the run. I agree. Gave up the long one to Lamar on third and five. I agree. But for the most part, when you were watching that game, until if you take away the last drive where 
Baltimore started at the seven yard line, went all the way down and got a field goal on essentially run, 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 run. They averaged under four yards a carry. Granted, I'm, I get that Lamar had the long run and it ended up being over four, but if you're watching the game and the flow of the game, I thought they did a pretty good job stopping the run. And in number four, mm, I honestly thought they did a pretty good job controlling Jackson in the pocket. I did too. I thought they put pressure on Jackson. I thought that there were really no huge impactful scrambles in the game. There weren't quarterback draws. There weren't quarterback. Like he didn't truly kill you with his legs and kill you in the pocket. He made some big throws and that's what he's, that's what he's capable of doing, but it wasn't one of those games where they're going to look back and say, we had no answers. They had some answers for what they were doing with Jackson. They got after him. It was good film for anybody else watching moving forward. Right. Number three, Kendall Fuller's interceptions were big. The one at the end of the half gave him a chance right there at the end of the half to almost get back into the game. They were down 21-7. Yeah. If they could go down and score a touchdown and make it 21-14, big. Also, you don't make a play there, and there's a chance you go down 24-7. The game's over. Right. And then I love the pick. Robert comes in, first throw. (laughs) He throws a pick at FedEx Field. Did you see his tweet after the game? No. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me get it for you because this oh. one was rich. This was really rich. Um, uh, bear with me. Where is it? Um, it's here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Uh, shortly after the game at 4.19 p.m. yesterday, which that game ended, I don't know, 3.55 or something. So it was about 25 minutes after the game. Great team win. Thankful to be blessed with the opportunity to help close it out. Thanks, Lamar Jackson. Did, when you anybody say, watching that game right there after to the after Terry scored, they're like, "Are they going to put Lamar back in?" God, how great would that have been? Oh my God, I was thinking about that actually. Anybody watching the game was thinking about it, like, did they pull him too early? Right. <laughs> He's the closer. It's not just Gus Edwards that's the closer for them. It's Robert Griffin III. Yeah, they brought him in as a closer. Number two. Hmm. Antonio Gibson has real versatility. Yes, he does. We talked about this last week. We've, I've been talking about it. You got to get the backs more touches as receivers. And Gibson was good. They split him out. They got him looks as a receiver. He caught the ball fluidly. I thought he ran the ball impactfully. I, I thought throughout the day, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to look like it because he averaged 3.5 yards to carry, but I thought he had some impactful runs in this game. I mean, it wasn't like they just stuffed him in the run game. I think Antonio Gibson's a good player. I think he's going to become a very good player. Me too. And if he's got that type of versatility, and that's that's awesome. And you can use them both in the backfield. That's the that's the other thing. That, that first touchdown that Gibson had, I think McKissick and Gibson were both in the backfield. Number one, mm. honestly, it's a pretty good early start to the season. You know, we're right there almost in first place in the division through four games, right where you want to be, you know, before Philly, I thought Philly was going to lose. They, they would have had sole possession of first place. And one and three. Okay. That was sarcasm. <laughs> no, but seriously, the one mm to all of this is you can win the division. I don't think they want to. They want to. No, he's not interested in that right now. It's all R and D. They want to. 
Well, if they want to, then a lot of the stories that came out and even Ron's answer, which we'll get to as well, about whether or not Dwayne would start against the Rams, um, I think if if that's really in play in his mind, then my guess is we're going to see a quarterback change pretty soon. Um, all right. Uh, that So we, we ended up with eight or nine ums. Eight. You find more – if you find more um... – I'm gonna, all right, well, we'll get to my game take right after this word from one of our sponsors. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. I love doing this with you, first of all, and I, I really do. And I miss not having the chance to do it with you, you know, right afterwards, first thing in the morning. We're, we're doing it first thing in the morning, but it's th- after three hours of radio because... Well, it's first thing in the morning for me. It is first thing in the morning for you because I, I just, first of all, there's so many things that we agree on, and but we don't always, and there are a couple of things that, that we disagree on, but a couple of the things, you're going to be proud of me on, on something um, because I mentioned it during the game and I mentioned it this morning during the game, meaning I think on Twitter, I think I did, I can't remember if I did or didn't, um, but just that first third and six Matthew Judon sack. I remember Cooley telling me years ago, when you go empty, there's going to be a free rusher, and the responsibility for that free rusher is the quarterbacks. And I remember the first time you said that to me, and I was like, what do you mean? The quarterback is can't block the un- – he's, he's got the ball in his hands. No, that's his responsibility to know where it's coming from and to deal with it. And so I knew – that the Judon sack was on Dwayne. I knew it. Now, I didn't hear the Lester as he slid the offensive line to the left for Lester. Um, you can hear it, though. Yeah, but I but I did know that empty set, somebody's going to be free, and the responsibility is the quarterbacks. Um, I also think that was a great observation on the fourth and sixth that they punted at midfield with 431 to go, and they went for the fourth and 13, which, by the way, was probably like a 5% probability play. Um, so let me start with this on the list of things that I liked because there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven things that I liked. And then you had about the same. I love it. I know. And then on the list of things that I didn't like, it was really like a list of five, but a couple of them are pretty long. I'll start with the things I liked. I thought Scott Turner's game plan and play calling gave them a chance, gave an inexperienced quarterback and an inexperienced offense a chance to move the ball. I told you on Friday that I felt like one of the keys was they needed to shorten the game and they needed to shorten the game by making first downs on offense and possessing the ball. And I, in thinking about Baltimore and thinking about Dwayne and the skill position players and the offensive line, et cetera, I think he came up with a way to make them comfortable, to make Dwayne comfortable, and they moved the football. You know, I know a lot of people want more downfield throws. It's hard against Baltimore unless you've got Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. 
I love some of the stuff that Turner was doing with the bubbles and the run extension throws. I call it more of a run extension because they're throwing that swing pass. It's behind the line of scrimmage. Some of them were laterals, actually. One was weird. Yeah, and it's it's just an it's an extension of the run game. They're getting the ball into the in, into their playmakers' hands, and they have more playmakers than I think we thought over the summer. Um, and I liked some of the third and long empty set bubbles. They actually were really productive on those plays. You know, they had a third and ten early. If Cam Sims doesn't wimp out, he gets ten yards, and then they went for the fourth down anyway and got it. And then oh, you- I did like that. I did like they went for it. Yeah, and then you had you know a third and eleven bubble, which Gibson took forty yards. I, I think they t- turned, you know what what he knew Dwayne would be comfortable with. He knew who their playmakers were, and he knows that Baltimore is well coached and aggressive. And I think he turned it against them. I, I'm okay moving the football if you're going to move the football and it's going to end with points. And I understand it did not. But I'm okay. I think part of that game plan was to possess the football. They had a plus 14 play advantage in the first half and a seven plus minute time of possession advantage in the first half. You know, I I like Scott Turner and what he's doing. I think since the second half of the Arizona game, he has figured some things out and he has this this offense as well prepared as it can be because there are limitations clearly. Um, and I think he's finding a way to move the football. And I thought a key to the game, as I mentioned on Friday again, was to possess the football and they did in the first half. The second thing on my list of things that I liked is you've sort of alluded to it. You know, the first half that was very close to becoming a much and being a much more competitive score at halftime. And I'm not delusional on this, all right? I know that Baltimore is a much better team, but they were oh so close, Washington was, to putting real game pressure on the Ravens as a 14-point favorite in the first half. You know, as I, they had 14 first downs in the first half. That's a lot in a half. They didn't commit a penalty. They held, as you mentioned, Baltimore's vaunted rushing attack. If you take away, and it's hard to do, but take away the play that Jackson made on the third and four zone read keeper for 50 yards, which, by the way, he has, you know, that's what he does. He's the former MVP. He's really fucking good. They held the rest of that offense, rush the rest of the re, rest of that rushing attack in the first half to 30 yards on 11 carries, 2.7 yards oh. per carry. I, I kept thinking as I'm watching this game, uh, they're good on defense and they're going to keep getting better. There's nothing about these last three games giving up 30 plus points where I'm thinking that the defense is oversold in my own mind. I, I think it, it's good. And I think Baltimore was uncomfortable. I think they made Jackson uncomfortable. The bottom line is the first half came down to four plays. The fumble, the strip fumble by Humphrey, the Jackson run, the missed field goal, and the fake punt. Now, those are four huge plays, huge impactful plays in the game. I understand that. you know, But every other aspect of the game – I thought they were well-prepared. I thought they were playing with Baltimore, and it went 21-10 at halftime, but it could have been closer. Um, on my list well, of- likely it should have been 21-13. You're two feet away from 21-13. Yes, you are. Well, may- maybe even less than that. He's got a – you know what? 
54 yarders in this league. I'm sorry, yeah. they're they're better than 60 percent now in this league. I, he's got to he's got to get better. Um, I don't trust Hopkins um, as a kicker. I, I haven't for years. I think his kickoffs are trustworthy, but you know he in 2016 he really blew you know a couple of games that they they certainly had a chance to win. Um, you mentioned Gibson. He's on my list of things that I like. He, you know, Cooley, he's much more powerful than I would have thought when I when I think about Memphis and that league's running backs and wide receivers. I always think finesse. He's powerful. His vision and patience is getting better. The versatility. You know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago he catches with his chest. I actually think he's got good hands. Um, he looked this like he did. Yeah, I mean, they got him 17 touches in the game for 128 yards. I, I really like him. I think uh, I'm I'm really recognizing now why it was hard for them publicly to contain their excitement over the summer about him. He can play, as can Terry McLaurin, who just gets open and is really good after the catch. He had a career best 10 catches yesterday on 14 targets. You know, at least two of the balls, one of them was behind him. He sh- I still think he could have caught it. Could have. Yeah, um but I, I mean those are two the um the narrative uh, uh, uh off-season off-season narrative. The off-season narrative that Washington had the worst skill position talent in the league is false. McLaurin, Gibson, McKissick are good players. Like, they are good players. Um, And they're good enough. I mean, I'm not putting them into the top half of the league of skilled position players, obviously. Okay? But they're not the worst. I want to know where we put them, though. Um, I don't know. I'd I'd have to think about it. It's not the worst. It's nowhere near the worst. They've got two legit playmakers in Gibson and McLaurin. And I think Sims Jr. is the third. He was inactive yesterday, and I'd like to see him get more touches. I still am more impressed with Sims Jr. healthy than I am with Isaiah Wright, although I think Wright's got a little something to him maybe. Um, also on my list of things that I liked, I, I know that when we get to your defensive film breakdown, th- this is a risk saying this because you may say he took too many plays off, which you said. Duran Payne, just to me, when he is on the field, is a factor. Like, even if he's not making the tackle, he seems to be freeing up linebackers to make the tackle. Um, his best plays are better than any other defensive player's plays with the exception of Chase Young. And I just think that he's so gifted in their plays where it looks like he's unblockable. And then I'm sure there are going to be other plays that you identify that he wasn't very good. He was obviously the reason Griffin threw the interception. You know, he yep. hit Griffin right when he when he threw it. Um, I just like pain and I know sweat maybe wasn't as, it wasn't anywhere near what he was against Cleveland, but I still think I love the confidence that he's playing with this year. He, the motor is there that I saw at Mississippi state. By the way, I thought the horse collar penalty on him was bullshit. I did not think that was a horse collar penalty. Those calls anyway. Um, Kendall Fuller, obviously, the two interceptions was on the list of things that I liked um, as well. He was, as you mentioned, really good last week, and he was pretty good yesterday. All right, here are the list of things that I did not like from the game. Um, I think that at 21-10, I legitimately at halftime thought, hmm, 
they're hanging with this team. It could have been a different score, but it wasn't because Baltimore made the big plays. But it's going to have to be a quick stop and 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 a score on the first drive. Like if they're going to really put pressure on Baltimore, who probably as a 14-point favorite playing this team, you know, they really thumb their nose uh, at the organization, Bashadi and 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 all of them, because they know how much better they are than this organization. Um, remember a few years ago when Harbaugh outwardly, um, you know, recruited Washington football fans to become Ravens fans. Anyway, the first possession in the second half on defense and the first possession of the second half on offense were bad. And I thought they were the, the worst two possessions of the game for the defense and the offense. And it was crucial because that was your opportunity to perhaps get back into it. The first possession defensively, you know, um, th- there were plays to be had. And they didn't make the plays, and Baltimore did. They had chances to get off the uh, the field a couple of times. Um, There was a third and long one, and Edwards got an easy three to four yards. In fact, there were a couple of runs in that drive that looked different than the runs by the running running backs in the first half. They had Jackson in that second and 12 where he makes a great play and finds Brown. Um, After Tim Settle's sack. Right. And then the touchdown pass came on a second nine. Like, they were doing a good job on early downs, which is hard to do against Baltimore. So they had a chance to get stops. They couldn't. uh, You know, I'll concede, as everybody should, it's not easy against Lamar Jackson. Um, But instead of getting him off the field, it was a 10-play, 75-yard, time-sucking drive, and it's 28-10, to and it sort of feels like at that point the game's over. I mean, seriously, just to go off of that, seven minutes and 22 seconds. I wrote two notes in this draft. The defense is doing a good job of containing Lamar Jackson. The defense is also doing a good job of containing the run. They just couldn't make a play. They couldn't make a play. Like a second and eight, a first down to Nick Boyle. They had a third and one run for a first down. A second and 12, a big play to Marquise Brown. And then, yeah, you said the second nine, the touchdown to Mark Andrews was like, he's a single side receiver. Three guys around him. Right. Apke, Darby, and Shondion Hamilton. Where are they? Great throw. But in hindsight, you look at it again, and you're like, that was an awesome drive by Baltimore. It was. Like, they, it, made, they made big plays. It was. I'm probably too critical, but I needed uh, a play there. You, I needed a play you, from the you defense. You had to have a play. You, they didn't make a play. You're absolutely right. That, 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 drive was, that drive was a dagger. And then the following offensive possession first one of the third quarter. This was, to me, the, the the most uncomfortable Dwayne looked. I thought he was completely lost. They get a first down on the first two plays with Gibson, and then he misses Barber on a first and ten check down where he sails it over his head by it's a so mile. So bad. So ugly right there. Then on second down, by the way, also, I, I get these. I can't stand the people that are like, throw the ball down the field. Stop with these checkdowns. First down checkdowns are fine. Four Again, yards on a checkdown would have been, if he hits Barber there. And you get four, four, five, yards, six yards maybe. Great. Yes. And he, he airmailed it. Then it's second and 10, and he clearly doesn't feel the pressure, and he doesn't do a good job to extend the play. He looks completely befuddled, um, and he throws, you know, uh, he pulled, he, he could have pulled the trigger, I think, quickly. I think it was Inman, you'll tell me. And then he it's turned. I, uh, I wrote down, it looked like guys were open, and they basically threw it away into the. To McLaurin's feet. 
Yeah. And and he was you could tell like I don't know if it was it was a combination of is he pressing or is he confused? Martindale's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Was he seeing completely you know something completely different now that had confused him? And then you get the third and ten. He feels the pressure. He dumps the check down to McKissick quickly, and they punt the ball. You, you know, know how many guys they rushed on that third and ten? Uh, not as many as he thought. Two. <laughs> was it only two? He, they, they, he thought they were coming, like, man. It looked like they were bringing five or six, but everyone came two steps up the field and bailed. They brought two. Martindale's good, man. They're And they're good defensively. But, you know, the other thing, too, real quickly, and I'll get to more of a complete thing on Dwayne. He, last year, I thought had this sense of playmaking and urgency and escapability that I didn't think he had at, at, at Ohio State, but I thought he had more of last year. We really haven't seen it this year. Um, on the list of things that I didn't like, I've already sort of mentioned it. The four first half plays were killers. Humphrey makes a great play. He just got a massive contract extension. Hopkins, you know, missed field goal. You know, Sam Cook seven for seven in his career on fake punt throws for 82 yards. That throw was great. Um, and the zone read by Jackson, you know, all of those plays were hurtful, but, um, I, I also, they're not, the next thing, they're not getting anything from their return game. N- nothing from kickoff returns or punt returns. They only had one punt return and Stroman left the game after that thing. And then Isaiah Wright had a 10-yard kickoff return and a 20-yard kickoff return. Two kickoff returns for an average of 15 yards per. They're getting nothing. They are near the bottom of the league in return yardage right now out of their special teams. Um, all right, I want to get to the fourth and thirteen, um, and then, uh, well, actually, I want to I want to come back to the the end of the first half for a moment. I wanted to just just, and then I want us to grade Haskins um, as well, or just get a, a first thought, not your actual, um, uh, you know, uh, film grade. Um, but before I get to the the constructive criticism of the game management and clock management. I I was and I was watching that pregame man. All of those cutouts of all of his friends and family members and people from around the league in that coach's corner era, era you know, area of FedEx Field. That was really nice. And that was really moving. And everybody's wearing these Rivera strong shirts. The players, I do think Cooley really like him and really respect him. That's the sense I get from afar. Um, now let's get to evaluating what's been going on here. And yesterday was, it was a total S show at the end of the first half. We've pretty much gone through it, but my God, you know, when you get an interception and a gift like that and you're at the Baltimore 37 yard line and there are 30 seconds left and you've got two timeouts. I understand you certainly don't want to get anything worse than three, but you also have to think at 21 to seven about a touchdown and you've got two timeouts left. McKissick makes the first mistake. You got to get out of bounds, son. You got to have some situational awareness. You also have to be coached to do that. So that forces Rivera to take the first time out. Ball's at the Baltimore 25 yard line with 23 seconds left. This is the only call I don't like from Turner. 
this little, you know, swing pass to McKissick, you know, is not going to get you the yards to give you a better opportunity at a touchdown. Now, maybe, Cooley, they're just not confident in Haskins. Maybe that's another signal that they're afraid Dwayne's going to give it away down there. But at the end of that play, you either call a quick timeout or you just let the clock go down to two seconds and kick the field goal. And it was the it, it was complete disarray and lack of understanding of what the hell was going on. Dwayne didn't know. He's trying to run a play. The coaching staff is trying to hurry him up. You just have to know this. This is these are the things where I love what, you know when we get listeners saying, oh, "Oh, you know more than they do." Yeah, I do. I do, and so does Cooley. Okay, <laughs> I do. I know. I knew when they didn't take the timeout with 17 seconds left, they were not going to line up and run a play and have time to kick a field goal more likely than not. And nobody else seemed to know it until somebody did it the very last second. It's a very close call as to whether or not that ball was snapped or they got the timeout. Anyway. Uh, disaster and utter embarrassment averted at the last second they get the field goal. Um, so now we get to the fourth and goal at the Baltimore 13-yard line. By the way, I want to just mention all these things. I've said this in the past. These are important things. These are the fine line things in NFL games that that determine you know one to two games a year. Either way, that can be the difference between going to the playoffs or not. I'm not talking about this team this year. But in general, the coaches that do this well, they have a slightly higher percentage chance of success. There are too many coaches that don't know how to do this. And we have another coach in Ron Rivera, who I like as a coach, but this is not his strength. It's just not. The fourth and goal at the 13, um, I'm going to play you his explanation. Um, Under any circumstance, if the goal is to win the game, in any circumstance, if the goal is to win the game, you have to kick the field goal on fourth and goal from the 13 with 12 minutes to go in the game down 28-10. Now, if it's fourth and goal at the Baltimore five-yard line or four-yard line or two-yard line or one-yard line, I'm all for, you know, taking a chance there, especially when you consider you might give up more points to them. You know, it's a three-score game if you kick, you know, you can turn it into a two-score game, but that assumes that they don't score again. So I don't mind a fourth and goal from the six or the four or the two or the one. Fourth and goal at the Baltimore 13? Are you are you kidding me? That, that is such a low probability play against a defense like that. And the only way you're going to score is if you've got a quarterback that is so good at extending the play where you can get people open after the original play won't produce anybody open and he can run around and extend, extend, extend and, and get somebody loose somewhere. And that's not our guy right now. So that was a losing proposition from the jump. The coach knew it. The offensive coordinator knew it. My wife knew it, that they're not going to score from fourth and goal from the 13. Uh, Could they get a penalty? I guess. Um, The explanation of it, though, is just remarkable. Here it is. Coach, um, I'm interested to hear your thought process on uh, the score was 28-10. You decided to go for it uh, on fourth and 13. Yep. Um, it was a three-score game. Why why uh, decide to go for for right there and, uh, as opposed to kick a field goal, um, knowing that you still needed to score uh, uh, three scores? You needed two touchdowns and a field goal. 
honestly, my mind, my mindset at that point was situational awareness. I, I wanted to see what he was going to do and how he was going to react. I truly did. Scott asked me, and I said, no, let's see how he handles it. And Scotty told him, hey, you got to put this ball in the end zone or position to go into the end zone. Again, this is you know a little bit of the maturation process that he has to go through. And, and, and if I've got to create situations like that, so he's growing and learning, then I will. That was an unbelievable answer to what they were doing there on 4th and 13 Cooley. He was testing him on his situational awareness. He was giving him an in-game quiz. You know, would he throw it into the end zone to give him a chance or not? How about, first of all, you coach him up in practice on that one and kick the field goal during the game? It's an incredible answer. And when he says that he wants to find out whether or not Dwayne would be aware of what he needed to do as some sort of R&D thing on Dwayne, but then he says that Scott Turner gave him the answer. I mean, it's unbelievable. So we're giving in-game quizzes, but we're giving him the answer before he takes the quiz, which really means that Dwayne failed this miserably. Like he was told, we're testing you. Oh, here are the answers. And then he still checked it down to Isaiah Wright uh, for five yards and and turns it over to Baltimore. I don't know, man. This is where I am completely confused as to what we're doing here. Are we trying to win games or are we in R&D mode? If we're trying to develop, well, then let's develop him with a legitimate quiz where he doesn't have the answer. Because you know what he did? He exposed Dwayne. He exposed him. We gave him the answer and he failed it miserably. And he told everybody about it. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's very, very curious um, all of this, the not taking timeouts the, the previous two weeks and saying, I don't want people to get hurt, but running plays anyway, to here we are with an in-game quiz on fourth and goal from the 13, but the offensive coordinator is giving him the answer before the quiz, and yet Dwayne is still checking it down. And by the way, Dwayne said afterwards, Dwayne said he had wished, uh, he was hoping that Baltimore would play more matchup, um, but they, you know, but they were all waiting for it. Really? Of course they were. It was fourth and goal from the 13. I think the coach the coach put him into a position where he couldn't succeed. The coach put him into a position to see if he'd throw it into the end zone or near the end zone, told him to do it, and he didn't do it. Um there is um there there's some there there's a lot of stuff going on here, man. A lot of stuff. I I don't I, I this is not his guy. He's not a Dwayne fan right now. I personally think the the sack that he took pissed Ron off. I think Ron was so upset at that 18-yard sack that he just left him out there and 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 exposed him. And by the way, exposed the coach again a little bit. I mean, as to are we trying to win the game or are we trying to expose our quarterback or what are we doing or maybe we're just confused. I don't know, Cooley, what the answer is, but I've never heard of essentially giving in-game quizzes on fourth and goal from the 13 at 28 to 10. I mean, everybody in the world knows the answer to that one. It's a hard play. It's a near impossible play, and the ball's going to go into the end zone. Do you really need to quiz your guy? But then again, I guess you do because he threw it down underneath to Isaiah Wright for four yards. 
I mean, Isaiah Wright failed the quiz too. You got to pitch that ball. You got to pitch it around. <laughs> you got to <laughs> toss it around. It's not a quiz. It's the easiest answer of all time. The game's over if the ball doesn't at least give someone a chance to score. I, I don't. I mean, he literally stayed on a 14 against a six right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah. Really? And I, I'm sure with the way. Well, you the, do. Well, you like, do. Let's not make. Well, you do stand on 14 against a six. Or, 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 sorry, he stood yeah. on 14 against the 10. Yeah, yeah I felt right. that quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pretty good, actually, at the, at the blackjack game. But that explanation you need, really you need my help every once in a while. went right over my head. Um, it's You're in the huddle at that moment saying to your guys, somebody's going to have to make a play. I, I got to get this ball to the goal line. Like Somebody's got to find a way to make a play on the goal line because I'm throwing it in the end zone. The, the other thing I'm doing if I'm Scott Turner – like this is this is what actually makes it a quiz. This was like back to the, some of the Kirk Cousins checkdown stuff. It reminded me of um, Dallas, a third and forever. He throws a checkdown to Chris Thompson with no timeouts, and they end the game right there. Right, pick six. But it was like if you in the, it, in the rain, well, whatever. Go ahead. But but at the same time, I don't think it was raining that day. Um, it was. No. Yeah. If you if you want to win the game right there, put everybody in the end zone. If you're the play caller and you're even concerned that he might fail the quiz, then don't let him fail the quiz. Like, everybody's in the end zone. Let's play 500, boys. Here we go. <laughs> Let's Ball's throw it on up there. Four, 400, 500. <laughs> throw it up there. I, I mean, I, and I'm sure Scott Turner was like, hey, look, Ron, I just, I think we don't even give him an option. We just put everyone Ron's like, no, 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 no. This is a quiz, Scott. This is an important moment in a young player's development. We need him to understand situ situational awareness. It's fourth and 13. He's got to understand that you, you got to throw the ball. And Scott's like, yeah, I know, but everyone understands that, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't everybody know that? Fourth and goal from the 13. Fourth, fourth, it's not a quiz. That's a stupid like, – and then the, like the, the discussion of all of this is stupid. Here are the two answers, okay? Ron's asked about the fourth and 13. The proper answer is – I felt at the moment that Baltimore would score. Lamar Jackson in the running game is amazing. I thought we needed seven or eight. Yeah. I understand that kicking a field goal is the right play in most situations, but my feel was that Baltimore would score. And then to Dwayne, the answer is not, I hoped they would play matchup. Like everybody on fourth and 13 is dropping a into the end zone. They just are. The proper answer for Dwayne is I have to throw that ball in the, in the end zone. Yeah. That's it. Like, let's not even try to entertain either of these two answers. It's not a quiz. And we're also not quizzing our quarterback. Like, we quiz our quarterback on that play on freaking Tuesday. Exactly. That, that, that quiz is over on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that Scott Turner's even going to mention, like, I, of course, I, I told Dwayne to throw the ball in the end zone. Like, no shit you did. <laughs> I just think it's funny that the coach said, uh, I just decided I really wanted to see how Dwayne would handle this, if he would know, you know, he's essentially saying if he would know that he needed to throw it in. But then I had my offensive coordinator tell him what the answer was before the play. Like, I... I um, more, more like my offensive coordinator had this discussion with me, said I got to put everybody in the end zone. Like, I just 
discussed. And then Ron was like, no, nah, I didn't want to quiz. So the offensive coordinator promptly turns around and walks to the quarterback. He's like, look, this is actually a, a pop quiz, but I'm going to make it not a pop quiz. I'm going to make it just a like a, you know, y- you can see the answers online quiz. Like you have to throw this ball in the end zone. Just so you know, Ron's testing you. And Dwayne's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to throw a pick here. I threw three picks last week. That was bad. I got criticized for that. So I, I don't know about that. I mean, what do you want to do? This is ridiculous. I I didn't text you all day. I texted you at the end of that drive, and I said, everything about this drive is awful. On so many levels, everything was awful. On, on coaching levels, playing levels, management, situational levels, everything about that drive was loser. Yeah, I don't – you know, your explanation, like if he had said, look, it was 28 to 10, there were 12 minutes to – to go I really felt like we were going to need 31 points to you know be have a chance I think I really felt like we were going to need three touchdowns that Baltimore was good enough our defense was wearing down it had played great you know he could build it up but that we weren't going to hold them to 28 I mean it's not the way you think about it but if if that were the explanation I would be like okay he's you know he thought based on the context that he wasn't going to shut Baltimore out the rest of the way and get into overtime at 28-28. And he had to go for it on fourth and goal from the 13. The problem with fourth and goal from the 13 is it's such a low probability, especially with a quarterback that's uncomfortable and isn't extending. You know, we know from watching football that in the red zone, it's the quarterbacks on third down, you know, and, you know, more than five or six that it can extend and give their receivers time to sort of get open and make guys cover for longer period of time, that's where you end up getting the touchdown throws. You don't typically get them off whatever your plan play is. You know, so, um, I mean, hell, on fourth and goal from the 13, I think they should have run a draw in hindsight. That may have had a better chance of scoring. But uh, the whole thing just, you know, and and now we get into, you know, the reports before the game because we're right back to where we typically are with this franchise, and that is – leaks and controversy and Dwayne's agent sent out a tweet late last night. I want to get to all of that. I read that. Anyway, um, we'll get, we're going to get to all of that uh, right after this word from my bookie, my bookie.ag is so reliable you can trust them. You're going to get paid. If you win, you're going to get fair lines. You're going to get fair pricing. You're going to get plenty of ways to wager on sports. We have two Monday night games tonight. We've got two baseball games in the American League Division Series. We got football and baseball all week long, plus more NBA. And man, was Jimmy Butler incredible last night. Right now, mybookie.ag's got a $100,000 super contest, which only requires a $10 entry. They give away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to sign up with mybookie.ag. In addition to that, if you you've already got a place where you're wagering, just sign up with mybookie.ag right now because they are going to give you a 100% deposit match if you use my promo code KevinDC, all the way up to $1,000. So if you invest $300, they're going to give you $300 to play with as well. Mybookie.ag gives you a great alternative source to wager, or if you don't have a place, it's a fair, reliable place to wager on sports. NFL and NBA, Major League Baseball, all of it going on right now, and they've got it all there at mybookie.ag. 
All right, let's get to Dwayne Haskins in more detail here because if we just go back and we take this chronologically, Cooley, one week ago today, we were talking about Ron Rivera publicly backing Dwayne after a four-turnover performance in Cleveland. He's our guy. We're sticking with him. He's going to learn. He publicly backed him. And then it was a few hours into Monday morning uh, or into Monday afternoon where he, you know, mentioned there is a cutoff point. He mentioned, you know, we have to make sure because the others deserve better. And then as the week went along, there were more and more stories that started to come out. And there I was like a dope on Wednesday or Thursday saying, hey, they've done such a great job not leaking stuff like last year. This is a more functional situation than it's been in recent years. And I and I do agree with that. I think Ron's intentions are, are, are the right intentions. With that said, on Friday, J.P. Finley reported that sources told him that, uh, that Dwayne had been approached by Ron and other coaches and told, you better get it together or we, we could make a change. And then yesterday morning before the 1 o'clock games, um, there's the story uh, from Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport seems to have himself dialed in at times with this organization. He doesn't always get it right. Um, But he reported that Haskins, um, that sources tell him that Haskins is entering a critical stretch for his own development and must improve greatly for him to keep the job. In fact, he said there's a chance if it goes particularly badly today, meaning yesterday, Haskins could be pulled at some point in favor of Kyle Allen, who was with Ron Rivera in Carolina. Um, Rappaport said Washington's next five games – Um, Oh, here it is. While four games into a season could be considered early to move on from a player thought to be the franchise quarterback of the future, the urgency, Rappaport writes, comes not just because of Haskins' performance. Some of it uh, comes because of the schedule. Washington's next five games are against the Rams, the Giants, twice the Cowboys, and the Lions. And the thinking is that improved quarterback play could help them take advantage of a window of opportunity. Rappaport continues, it's possible Allen is the quarterback in place to see if that can happen. Um, so that came out uh, during you know the morning hours uh, leading up to the 1 o'clock window games. Then after the game, um, Ron Rivera was asked about uh, by London Fletcher and Scott Jackson on our postgame show about whether or not he would be the starting quarterback next week against the Rams. And here is what Ron Rivera said. Coach, as you look at this Rams game next week, uh, you know, is your mindset that is Dwayne's game or, or is that something you guys are going to talk about? Well, you know, it's Dwayne's game going into this week, and we'll see how things unfold. But, again, it's, this is about growing and learning and developing as a football team. Uh, that was coolly a lukewarm endorsement for Dwayne uh, starting this week against the Rams. That is not – he's my quarterback. Uh, we are not going to make a change anytime soon. Dwayne's got to get better. He's got to get more situationally aware. You know, um, I, I felt like that was sort of lukewarm. What did you think? Yeah, I think it's lukewarm as well. I think there's a disconnect between Ron and Dwayne in terms of how Dwayne's playing as well. Because if you look at what Dwayne said after the game, and you watch his post-game presser or Zoom conference, it was kind of like, they played soft. I did a better job taking what the defense gave me, blah, blah, blah. Um, I felt better about how I threw the ball. Kevin, and statistically, 
you could look at this thing and you could say, and 32, 45, 71% completed a lot more balls, 314 yards. Statistically, you could say, in fact, he played better. When I look at the game, how I felt without watching it on a film, essentially I felt like he made five or six good throws on the day. The rest were easy completions or misses. He had way too many misses. He still was inaccurate at times. I thought he looked like he was stuck in the mud in the pocket. He still can't move or roll right, and he doesn't trust what he's seeing downfield. So he's late to a bunch of the stuff underneath, taking what the defense is giving him, getting less yards on some of the underneath stuff. I, I mean, I'm almost going to guarantee you, I know there's over 100 yards in screen passes, at least. Gibson had 40-some on one screen pass. Right. Like those are not big completions. That is also not taking what the defense is giving you. That's throwing the ball to a screening back or receiver. Okay, so I just I can't imagine that this is going to be a B grade. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be worse than that. I'm also assuming that they know that. I just don't think Dwayne thinks that. So, and, th- th- and then when you look at it even more, he- here's my other thought process for Rivera in general. Kyle Allen better play damn, damn good if you bench Dwayne Haskins, right. 15th overall pick, who really, including you and me, I believe, everybody wants to see succeed. You are early into his career. You're going to read the agent's tweet at some point here because I'm sure you have it up. You can make a lot of arguments for lack of weapons, but at some point you have to say, what is your guy? I just My problem is, is I just don't know if Kyle Allen's the guy. And so if you make that switch right now, you're punting on Dwayne this early in the season. If you like, there's a lot of toughness to it. I don't think Dwayne played very well. I thought he was. I thought he was okay. He but hasn't he been he inept didn't impress me at all. He didn't impress me at all. But he, he hasn't been inept. He hasn't been the worst quarterback like we've ever seen. Like there, there are occasional plays that he makes. By the way, arm strength is not his problem. No. There are other problems, but but that's not the problem. He can sling it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on all of that. I just think right now to have any more than a lukewarm endorsement is a lie to your team. So, I mean, essentially, if I'm Ron in this situation, we're not even going to discuss who I'm playing or not playing week in and week out. My answer to this is always going to be, that's a decision that I'm going to make for my team and with my team. And if there's ever a decision made on anything, you'll find out after the decision's been made. Nope. Wrong, wrong, to- wrong. I would not. That, once you do that, it is now everybody's talking about how the coach wouldn't commit to Dwayne for the starting job next week against the Rams. I think the better no, way I'm is to lie. Anything. I'm not ever, ever discussing discussing pending decisions based on the quarterback but the quarterback is a completely separate conversation than any other conversation i understand i'm not saying just this week in general i I just don't think reports are going out to ian rapaport and jp finley that there's a a timetable on this just gonna say Dwayne's our guy right now well Dwayne's agent tweeted out the following last night david mulagetta from um, Athletes First, um, big agency. You know them? Do you know him? It's my agency. I thought that was your agency. Do you know him? I don't know David Mulugeta, no. Okay. He tweeted out the following last night. Um, it was a retweet of Rappaport's story. 
Amazing this is the narrative coming out of D.C. A young quarterback, 10 starts total over two seasons, who was in a brand-new system with no offseason in said new system, a young off- offensive line, limited weapons on offense, and only three games into the NFL season, yet he is the one that must play well. Uh, I mean, Cooley, come on. Like, does it ever stop here? Agents critis- criticizing, you know, coaching staff defending, you know, their client, uh, stories being leaked. I mean, we are 25% into the season, a quarter into the, this new era of coach centric Ron, who, by the way, has got so much on his plate right now, so much, in, in a, including cancer. Um, and here we are again. I, I, I just, I think, here's what I, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. I think. He doesn't like Dwayne. I don't think he likes Dwayne, and I don't think he wants Dwayne to be the quarterback. But I think that he told Dan that I'm going to give Dwayne every opportunity to win this job. Me personally, I don't know how you come to that conclusion after four games, but that's because I'm watching the games. I'm not at practice, and I'm not in the meeting rooms. And so their perspective is obviously much deeper in terms of information. But I don't think Ron wants Dwayne Haskins to be his quarterback. So we're, this is RG4. Um, let's see, RG3. Then we had our – yeah, this is RG4. This is – the exact same situation that Jay Gruden had when he stepped in to coach Robert Griffin. Yeah. It's RG3 the second. Yeah, RG4 <laughs> is an easier way for me to do it. Okay, that's fine. I just – I think there's something to Dwayne, but I haven't seen as much of it in the four games this year as I saw in some of the games last year. Um, but – Here's you know this right, and Shanahan t- used to tell me this all the time. You can't fool the locker room, and if that's an issue right now, and the defense believes they have a chance to win, you know, p- part of me would be like, "Hey, coach, what the hell are you doing to help us win? How about giving us a chance to get back out on the field defensively, down two scores, see if we can't get a turnover?" But beyond that, I mean, if if you you can't fool the locker room, and at some point. You know, the R&D thing is going to grow old for people when you're sitting there a half game out of first in the division. So I just don't think I, – I think I've just come to the conclusion on this, like it, like very much a conclusion. Ron doesn't like him, doesn't want him. He wants to move on. Let's keep in mind, he didn't just go sign Kyle Allen. He spent a fifth rounder on Kyle Allen to ensure that nobody else – got Kyle Allen. And I'm not saying there was a a feverish market for Kyle Allen, but there were probably opportunities where Kyle Allen could have gone somewhere and backed somebody up and gotten paid. And they traded a fifth rounder and gave him, what did they give him, a year Um, or whatever it was, uh, a two-year deal. I forget what they gave Kyle Allen. But uh, they they brought him in there because Ron probably guessed that at some point he was going to have to move on from Dwayne. He might have, but I think signing – they needed another quarterback because Alex wasn't going to be the guy, and to have a guy that's been in your system as a backup is something that you want. But they gave, but they spent a fifth rounder on him. They could have gotten anybody to just come in that was you know upright and, and, and healthy to be the backup. They, I think just as importantly, the idea that he didn't sign Cam Newton meant that he had to at least try to commit to Dwayne as a head coach early. Yeah. 
because the, one of the best things for Dwayne could have been watching Cam Newton play for one year. Right. Could have been. Could have been one of the best things for Dwayne. And so this idea that culture-changing Ron has now got to come in here and have a quarterback controversy means that he was told, we believe in you wholeheartedly. We love you. But we also love Dwayne, and that that's the one thing you're going to abide by, you, at least for now. He's your guy for now. Do you think that's true? This is Well, it's certainly playing out to look like it's true. In, in understanding Rivera a little bit, I would love to say no. I would love to say he's going to do what he wants to do with the football team. I, I also think that if you were to bench him after this game, the owner would look at the, the stat line and look at some of the a couple of the big throws and go glass half full all the way on on someone he loves, someone he drafted. I wonder how much the owner's even paying attention with all the things that he's got in his world right now. He's paying attention. No question about it. I know, but what you just suggested, which I'm not naive enough to think doesn't exist as a possibility, is why we're doomed. You know, it just will never, ever, ever be a situation that that is conducive to winning. You know, if if there was a quid pro quo with Ron Rivera, I'm going to pay you. We're going to have a coach-centric system. However, I need your commitment that you're going to give Dwayne a fair shot to be our franchise quarterback because I believe he's a franchise quarterback. Instead of saying, this is your job, it's coach-centric, you do whatever the hell you want to do. I am out of the football decision. I believe in you as a head coach. Joe Gibbs believes in you in a head coach. I think you can run this football side of the organization, and I'm handing it off to you. But if it wasn't that, we're doomed. It, we're just doomed. You know, I, it, it's just it's never, ever going to work. He doesn't know anything, the owner. Nothing about football. That's been proven over and over again. You know what hasn't been reported? How much money Ron Rivera got paid. I wonder if there was such a massive offer made that Ron wasn't even going to wait to see if he got the giant job. Absolutely. We had a, we had a first-round grade on Dwayne in Carolina. I think we're going to give this a chance. It's the Jay Gruden thing. The difference is Jay Gruden didn't have any other options. Kyle Allen, by the way, is still sitting there with one year left, and it's this year. It's $675,000. He's got one year left. But, I mean, back to the camp. Cam Newton set a one-year contract for under $2 million. There was only one team willing to give it to him. I mean, his injury. But that was for a quarterback. That's nearly free. I know. So, I mean, if I'm Ron, playing Kyle Allen is a massive risk right now. It might not be to your team. It might not be to winning games. But if Kyle Allen doesn't play well, you're you're, you're going to be scrutinized so big time. By whom? The owner? By everybody in D.C. That There are a lot of people that will scrutinize this. You can't just bench your 15th overall pick. Well, you can. Your next guy better play better. I, Cooley, look, if they know – and they know more than I do, and they are there every day, if they know that this guy just doesn't have anywhere near what you have to have to be a a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, then move on from him now. Cut, Cut bait right now. 
I don't care if you think Kyle Allen's the answer or not. If you think Kyle Allen gives you a better chance to win games this year and evaluate your players because you have decided you're moving on from from Dwayne Haskins, even if Kyle Allen's not the guy and you're going to address that in the offseason, just go for it. If you think that, that Kyle Allen doesn't really give you that much better of a chance to win, then play Dwayne Haskins 16 games. Let's see after 16. Because what you know, if Allen's not going to give you a significant advantage or significant upgrade, then why not just play Dwayne and, and, and avoid the scrutiny and avoid all the criticism and be able to say at the end of the year, I gave him a fair shot. Yeah. And now we're going to move on. The- we're going to play him 16 games and we're going to decide exactly where we want to go. The only reason you wouldn't do that, I guess, is if Ron and Scott Turner actually think Kyle Allen might be the guy next year. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. If they don't think Kyle Allen is going to give them much more of a chance, then stick with Dwayne. If they're done with Dwayne and they actually think there's a chance Kyle Allen could compete for the starting job next year, then they should go to him right now. They absolutely should. And and I hope he has the ability to do that. If that's the conclusion they've come to, look, it's not just the Cleveland game or situational football or any of that. This guy's had a gut on on Dwayne for a while now. You know, he challenged him in the off season. You know, there he's tried to be the public face in the you know for a while has been positive and you know, but there have been too many subtle hints here over the last week that this just isn't his guy. But again, I wouldn't if if he's not my guy and I don't have a guy right now, I'm just going to let it play out with him and make the change at the end of the year. But if I think Kyle gives them a better chance gives us a better chance to win and might even be a guy that we want to keep around and sign to compete next year if we don't get exactly who we want to get, then I'm putting Kyle in, Allen in now. It's not. By the way, I want to make this clear. That's not what I want. I want to see Dwayne play 16 games because I actually think there's something to him, even though I haven't seen it here in recent weeks, <laughs> and I'll and I'll admit that. Um, I haven't yeah, but seen you enough say of that. It. But both of us, I mean, there was something you saw last year. But both of us, what we're getting right now is what both of us saw pre-draft. No doubt. What I saw yesterday was Ohio State throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage and letting playmakers make plays, and by the way, throwing for 300-plus yards. Now, they didn't score on any of those plays. It would have been nice had they they scored because – you know, you would have seen, um, you know, Paris Campbell and McLaurin and some of the other guys at at Ohio State against Northwestern take Dobbins. those you know, t- take those things to the house. Um, no, I mean, what what you saw was exactly Ohio State. What, what was this was what Ohio State was? It was over five thousand yards passing in his senior season, with over thirty five hundred of those yards being thrown un- within five yards of the line of scrimmage and yard after catch. Right. That, that's what his stat line really was. If you look at air yards at Ohio State, it wasn't massive. It'll, a lot of the yards were big plays after the catch. I think th- I think this coming week is going to be really interesting to see what's said. I'd be surprised if they start Kyle Allen against the Rams. I would. Um, but I will tell you this. This team better show up and play a close game against the Rams because the Giants had a, a legit chance to beat the Rams in the fourth quarter. Now, Daniel Jones wasn't good, 
and he threw a backbreaking pick at the end of the game after he got him down close to a potential you know opportunity to score and tie. Um, but they, uh, you know, the the Giants. That's a ten nine game in the fourth quarter. So you better. You better you better be in this is a better chance to win the game than yesterday was I think going in. Yeah, I think it's a better chance to win the game than going in, but I just I still don't think they win this game. Right. Well, I'm not- I I just I I don't think they win the game. I here here's kind of the, my stance at the end of this with the win. If there was a timeline and it was set 3 weeks from now, it didn't change. He didn't get a week. He didn't maybe he didn't lose a week. Maybe he did. Maybe situationally they did. They just didn't like what he did. But I think ultimately he didn't gain any ground by the way he played. I agree with that. Like if he needed a good game yesterday, um, it wasn't a good game, but it was far from a bad game which he had last week. Uh, so but sometimes you have to risk having a bad game to have a good game. I understand that, but. I, I do, and you liked the three downfield throws that were intercepted last week. You liked them him him taking the chances and hopefully learning from them. Yesterday, you saw a game plan that gave them a chance to move the ball and keep it away from Lamar Jackson, which is what happened in the first half. I just they got they were on the wrong side of three or four key plays, unfortunately. Um, I, I'll just I'll go back again. If your offensive coordinator knows that we need to throw. 16 screen passes to move the ball. (laughs) It's there's something to it. I get it. I get it. Um, I do. uh, There are, there are some things about this team that make me think that it can be competitive in games much more so than last year. That's not saying much. I'll concede that point. Uh, Let's finish up with just talking about a little bit about some of the games around the league um, yesterday. The game last night, I know we sort of started with that. That was a hard-hitting, you know, fast defensive player game, Philadelphia and San Francisco. I mean, both of those teams so limited offensively with missing so many pieces. I do like watching some of the defensive players on both of those teams, including Philadelphia. um, Cooley, there's um, uh, – um, God, why am I blanking on the guy's uh, name? Th- this guy Avery, the pass rusher, fifty-eight. I love him. Is he? I think he's a second-year guy. Maybe. I don't know if you watched him at all. Philadelphia is. I think Philadelphia does a good job with personnel. Um, and clearly with Schwartz, they do a good job of scheming things up uh, defensively. And then the guy that I love in San Francisco, not that I'm just discovering him because he was you know, a beast last year, but there are two guys in particular. Eric Armstead and Fred Warner are just great players. I mean, Bosa's obviously the player that's being missed just like Chase Young was missed yesterday for us. But, man, does San Francisco have some speed in their front seven. That's fun to watch. Oh, they're they're awesome, Armstead. Armstead was really good. It was interesting because I watched that game, and Lane Johnson was in and out of that game. You right. can tell the difference for Armstead. Fred Warner was a beast in Seattle. He's a beast for San Francisco. But either of those guys, you know, they're starters. Ever, I mean, they're ballers everywhere. It, it was crazy. It's crazy for me to watch some of the play of some of these other teams, you know, like, I'm, I'm watching like a George Kittle. I watched George Kittle and I, God, I love that dude. 
You know, he had 15 targets. He had 15 receptions. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But Philly, you know, Philly's interesting. Philly's a really good defense. For a team that was 1-2-1, and they were going into the game like 7th against the run, ninth against the pass. They've been essentially killed by just turnovers. And I thought Carson Wentz played better in this game. You know, in the second Me half, too. made plays. Like one of his biggest plays, they actually ended up having a, a defensive holding that resulted in a first down in a, in a really a second and long situation or third and long. Right. Scrambles all around. He eludes Armstead, gets out of the pocket, makes a hell of a throw. Like Wentz can make plays. If Wentz isn't turning the ball over, they have a chance. And when you want to talk about lack of weapons, I mean, my God. <laughs> I know. Like Philly has a lack of weapons. Right now, their only real weapon is Ertz, and they just blanketed Ertz. Well, there's Miles no- Sanders is a good back, but they blanketed Ertz. Well, every, everybody's in. hurt. Jackson's hurt. Jeffrey's hurt. hurt. Goddard's hurt. They, they had nothing. To pull out a win here was so big for Philly. Oh, huge win for them. I mean, but the other side had Mullins, who was just terrible last night. I mean, well, it's funny, but you say that, and Mullins was 18 and 26 for 200 yards. Statline, you just looked at it. I know he threw two picks. Statline doesn't say that, but God, Mullins was overwhelmed. Rushing picks. He also had a fumble. He was overwhelmed by that defense. And Bethard comes in, and he incompleted his last four throws, but he was 14 of 15. Yeah. Before the last four throws. He looked much better in this game. You you loved him from the beginning, and he, I mean, when they drafted him, you thought he could be a starter. Um, I thought Bethard was good at Iowa. I thought he was good when he came in. I, I I cannot believe that they went with Mullins over Bethard to start the thing, but Bethard will be the guy, I'm sure, from now, and we'll get a good look at Bethard the rest of the season. Um, I think he'll give him a chance on offense. That was a that was a fun game to watch. It I, really was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I was, uh, and I'm going to end with with Jimmy Butler's performance here in in three minutes after we talk about a couple of other NFL games. But I was flipping back and forth, and I enjoyed the Philadelphia San Francisco game last night as well. It wasn't you know a beautiful game offensively, but the defenses were were really interesting to watch. And I thought Carson Wentz was a winner last night. Like I think he played with a desperation. Some of the runs and some of the create you know the the creating and the extent of plays. I mean, there were moments where I thought Philadelphia had no chance of moving the football, but they were moving the football, and he was making plays. Do you know Philadelphia in that game had only 267 yards of total offense? Um, But yet, in watching that game, I thought Carson Wentz made so many winning plays. So many. And they had, it was an offense that essentially was limited to bootlegs. Yeah. (laughs) It was boot after boot after boot. Yeah, lots of screens. and when did it make yeah. it happen? Uh, the Cowboys are awful on defense. I mean, it's so bad for them on defense. But this game, you know, it, our game was long over while this game was still very much in play. Cleveland was in the midst of blowing a 27-point fourth quarter lead. It was 41-14, and like the Cowboys did against the Falcons and even the, the Seahawks to a lesser extent, all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they scored three straight touchdowns, 
three two-point conversions, 24 points unanswered, and it's 41 to 38 Cooley, and there is still 342 left in the game. And then I thought it was very interesting with all of the momentum uh, McCarthy decides to, you know, pooch, sort of a pooch kind of a kick from Zerline. They still had two timeouts left yet uh, as well. I thought he should have kicked the ball out of the end zone, played defense, and they would have had a chance with all the momentum. Instead, the next play, first play, Beckham on a reverse uh, avoids a big loss in the backfield and ends up taking it 50 yards for a touchdown. And, and somehow away. avoids nine other tacklers he on did, the way. He did that. That's for sure. What, it looked like he was slowing down, and all of a sudden, nope, he's taking off. How how bad is Dallas's defense? I mean, and why are they so bad? Uh, well, it's a new scheme. I, I can give you that, but I don't know why they're so bad. They have great players on defense. They're pl- I don't, I, this game, this was funny. This was one of the first games that I was going to go back and evaluate. Mike Nolan, the defensive, Mike Nolan is like, the defensive coordinator there. Oh, for Mike people that don't know. Mike Nolan's terrible. Yeah. That's what it is. I knew that. Um, yeah, last week I went back and watched the Rams just dismantle Buffalo's defense in the second half. Undress it. And that was fun to watch because it was Sean. But this week I thought, I got to go back and see what's going on with Dallas's defense because they cannot be that bad. Here's the other thing. Again, I'm just going to tell you again. We did this last week. Ezekiel Elliott had like 10 carries last week. Now, I get the deck. They got down. And I get the deck press cut through for over 500 yards. But Ezekiel Elliott, 12 touches, 54 yards. Yeah. You're not going to win games when you're a team that can run the ball the way they could run the ball. If you don't want Cleveland to score 49, Ezekiel Elliott's stat line should look more like 24 for 110. Zeke got to find ways to run the ball in, in situations early in the game when you're Dallas because you, you got to control the ball. He had another fumble yesterday. He's had a couple of those this year. He has had a couple of fumbles. But, I mean, it, it's wild. Like, they scored 49 points. You look at Cleveland, Baker Mayfield threw for 165. I know. They rushed Jarvis over 300 Landry yards. had a reverse toss around throw to Odell Beckham. Beckham had couple big carries there was another running back for them that we didn't see last week Johnson Johnson yeah we didn't even see him last week and he had he had nearly 100 yards rushing I know isn't that weird you look at that and you're like who the fuck is Chubb <laughs> I don't know who, the, who he was like, I mean was because Chubb hurt? You know, because Chubb only <laughs> had six carries in the game I don't know, I know. Did, did he get hurt I, I have no idea um Dallas, real quickly on Prescott, for those that didn't see this, this is actually really incredible. Um, But it also goes to show you that stats are for losers, basically. But, you know, Dak Prescott, through four games this year, has thrown for 1,690 yards. He is on pace right now through a quarter of the season to throw for 6,760 yards. 6,000 760. The all-time mark is Peyton Manning in that first year in Denver. He threw for 5,477 yards. Prescott is on pace to shatter Peyton Manning's record. Now, I don't know if he'll do it, um, but the the number of – now, and, and again, if you're winning games and you're in games and you're not throwing down three scores late to try to get back into games, which is what the Cowboys have essentially been in the last three weeks – 
um, you're not going to get to that level. I mean, rarely do you win a game throwing for 400 or more yards. He's thrown in the last three weeks 450, 472, and 502. Um, and they are one, they're one and two in those games. They could so easily be zero and four. At the same time, they they had a chance to beat Seattle and they had a chance to beat the Rams. Um, anyway, uh, Cowboys are are in trouble um, clearly right now. But there's a long way to go in the NFC East, man. I mean, anything could happen between Dallas and Philly, you know. And our team, if we were interested in competing for the division, who knows? Um, because they're probably good enough on defense to 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 be in some of these games, uh, but the Cowboys are one and three. Um, there are just two other games I wanted to mention real quickly. Maybe you have um another one. Brady's comeback uh, over the Chargers was unbelievable because he had thrown another pick six, and I was on Twitter and I'm watching people go, Brady's done. I mean, that's the second pick six of the year for Brady, and they're down twenty one seven in the first half to the Chargers. And then Brady turns it around, and they score 31 points over basically two and a half quarters. Um, And he throws five touchdown passes and for 369 on the day. But he did – I think he lost O.J. Howard to an Achilles. Is that right? Did I I read that correctly? I think he did, and then Gronk ended up making maybe like his second catch of the year, a huge catch late in that game. Yeah. Um, Brady, I don't care what anybody else says, 43 years or, or not, he's, he still has it. I think that team personally is the team in the NFC South that's going to end up winning it. They play the Bears on Thursday night, good Thursday night game. Um, and Here, then, here's the thing, because I, I want to just talk about that game. Yeah. It was, to me, what you got to find as interesting as anything about that game, especially if you're a Washington fan. Herbert is essentially a pocket quarterback who's got more mobility than Dwayne. But in three games, look at what Herbert's doing. I know. Herbert made a ton of big throws in that game. And he he threw a pick late that was ugly. But those are the mistakes. Like, yeah, he threw a pick late trying to give yourself a chance to win a game. I I understand that from a rookie quarterback. Like, I thought, because I watched a lot of that game, and then I went back and rewatched a lot of that game, I thought Herbert was really good. I, I I did. I, I'm impressed by Herbert. I and so you're looking at a young player and you're saying, how long does it take to evaluate? Well, through three games, what do you think of Herbert? Uh, you 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 think a lot about Herbert. You think you, you think they found a franchise quarterback? Yeah, you do think that. It's really early. I mean, to, to uh, boy, it, I'm surprised at how well Herbert's played. I also think you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's no – I guess you could say there's a Keenan Allen here, maybe. I don't know. Can you with McLaurin? Um, you certainly can't no, say there's a Hunter I mean, Henry here. And you no. can't say there's an Austin Eckler here. I don't think – maybe Gibson is. Eckler got hurt, I think. They. Um, I'm just, I just pulled up the – boy, they, they didn't run the football at all. Um, it was all Herbert through it's, the air. It's a good defense. Well, they, they got, put up 24 on offense. Yeah. 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 No. Tampa's um, good defense. I mean, you look at these young quarterbacks, they, like I see through four games in Burrow. Every, I mean, Burrow's supposed to be this next savior, but Burrow threw for 300 yards in a Bengals win over the Jags. And she threw for 351. I know. I know. I look at a lot of these young guys, and, and you just know earlier. 
I wanted to mention one other quick game because um, you'll appreciate this. I know what game you want to mention. No, I'm not going to mention that game. Uh, Kirk, I'll quickly mention it. Kirk leads the league in, in air yards intended and air yards per completion. I just I love the people that think he's he's checked down Charlie and he's number one in the league in both. He's actually having a very good year. They're they're terrible on defense. They did win a game yesterday. Um, but beyond that, the team that I wanted to mention, I mentioned to you last week, I think this team is better than people believe it is. And I think part of it is because I think this guy, Matt Rule and Joe Brady are going to be a really good combination. I think the Panthers are better than people think. And Bridgewater, I, I've I've always been sort of a Bridgewater guy. I think he's good. But Cooley, what running back did I tell you two years ago that I thought that this team should sign when he was a free agent in Seattle and there was no room for him in Seattle? Do you remember? Um, Mike Davis. Davis? Mike Davis from South Carolina, who I thought was going to be a really good back. Mike Davis is a good back. They have a good running back. They have, you know, they signed Robbie Anderson. They've got DJ Moore. They've got Curtis Samuel. They've got a a starting quarterback that's playing well. They've got some defensive talent, but they're giving up some yards and and some points. They are very quietly 2-2. and They certainly had a chance in the opener having the lead late against the Raiders. The Panthers are going to end up being one of those surprise teams as the season goes along that are going to end up being much better than people think. I, I that that is it. They beat the Cardinals up pretty badly yesterday. They really did. A Cardinals team that we saw two weeks ago that we thought could contend for the NFC West or certainly a wild card spot in the NFC. Carolina in Matt Matt Rule and Joe Brady as a combination. Joe Brady's going to be a head coach within. Okay, two years. let me ask you this. Yeah. Right now, do you take Matt Rule and Joe Brady, or do you take Ron Rivera and Scott Turner? Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I was impressed I with. Matt, I, I was impressed with Matt Rule, and I have been impressed with Matt Rule everywhere he has been. I mean, Thank this you. guy has won everywhere he's been, including places like Temple. Okay, so you know he he Temple Baylor, and now he's proving it in year one, and he's got this guy Joe Brady, who is the guy that that helped produce an unbelievable the, the all time prolific you know offensive prolific season in college football history last year at LSU. Um, yeah, I, I like what they've got going there, and they went out and signed Bridgewater. It was a big deal, but they needed a quarterback and. That team's better than people think, and Mike Davis is a tough, hard-nosed back. I, I loved him at South Carolina, and they've got themselves a decent back to go with really good skill position players. Robbie Anderson's having a good start. DJ Moore, Samuel. Who's the tight end there? I forget who the tight end is. Do they have um, a- In Carolina, it was a guy they drafted two years ago who I actually like coming out of the draft. Why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, by the way, that guy, I think that guy Burns, remember, wasn't it? Did, didn't you like Burns from Florida State, the pass rusher? Was it- Yeah, thin, undersized a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, like the pass rusher. Ian Thomas is the tight end. I don't know who that is. Or Ian Thomas. Didn't do a whole lot in the okay. game against the Cardinals, but I liked Thomas. I thought there was something to to Thomas two, uh, but Burns I, I loved yeah uh, two Monday night games tonight everybody tested uh, negative apparently for the Chiefs and the Patriots so we get the two Monday night games 
Before we go, I just wanted to mention, and I know you didn't watch this, but for those that did, and it's probably a very few of you, last night Jimmy Butler had one of the greatest NBA Finals individual performances I've ever seen. He was so good in this game, Cooley. He's such a great competitor to begin with. They were massive underdogs in this game. They were shorthanded without Dragic, without uh, Bam Adebayo. They were nine and a half, ten point underdogs. Everybody assuming the Lakers would win this series in a sweep. And Butler went for 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds, two block shots, and two steals. He totally controlled the game on both ends of the floor. And he became the first player since Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA Finals to score 40 points without attempting a three-pointer, which is really remarkable. I love Jimmy Butler. I've loved him forever. I know he can be a difficult teammate, but he is one of those competitive badasses. And I love the way after the game he told Rachel Nichols, I don't care if I score zero. We wanted and we were desperate to win a game, and we believe that we're good enough to continue to keep it competitive in this series. Butler, one of the great NBA – I didn't hear this, by the way, but not one of my favorite people, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy said it was the greatest finals performances he's ever witnessed, apparently, during the broadcast, Um, considering – the context that Miami, no one was giving them a chance with two of their key players out. And then LeBron. I love that he looked at LeBron James and said, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And LeBron James walked off the floor with like 0.7 seconds left when he was on the floor. And so they had to put another player out on the, uh, out onto the floor to finish the game. What a, Whatever. How much fun would this be if I'm going to watch the rest of these games, but how much fun would it be if the Heat could end up oh, taking I would love it. I would love it. One of the best stories in really in a one year turnaround, one of the best stories in professional sports. It would be incredible. All right. um, Film breakdown uh, tomorrow, offense, defense on Wednesday. Any other thoughts before we say goodbye for the day? I had fun. Me too. Enjoy the day, everybody. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.